I love y'all. I do. I love this ministry. I love this church. I love the building we in, the stage we in, all of that. And we are thankful. How many of y'all know Thanksgiving is to see for more? Amen. Amen. Thank God for all of you that make this happen. And, um, sound and audio and video and security, praise team, musicians, prayer team, evangelism team, uh, all the teams. And, and I just want to say thank you and I really appreciate you. Amen. Um, God is, is, is wonderful to give us cornea and a relationship with others that are like believers in this time and season that the world is in. Um, just Tyrell to have another brother that look like me that believe the same thing. Because I'm running into a lot of people don't don't believe what I believe. A lot of dividing lines at this point. Amen? And we don't need to get into it. Oh, my gosh. If I had a dollar for every time I heard vaccine, vaccine, booster shot, booster shot, are you getting it? Why you ain't getting it? It's real out here. COVID's real out here. It's real. Real out here. Mask, don't wear your mask, wear the mask, all of this, right? And uh, But thank God there is a place we can go. It's called the secret place of the Most High. Amen. Amen. What do you get out of church? Do you get something out of going to church? Do you get something out of going to church? Do you, do you get something out of coming to church? I know I do. Amen. It's a recharge, right? It's food for the journey, right? Yeah. We heard that last on Sunday. It's food for the journey and, and it's food. So tonight, as promised, uh, <laughs> if y'all want to call the truth about, we can call the truth about something, however you want to do it. Truth about the Holy Ghost. Truth about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Uh, we're going to help people tonight. And I was sharing my wife in the office, you know, so good to see my mama back. She went on a vacation. She, she rich for a month, y'all. For a month. She was somewhere else in Charlotte, and uh, her mama June was crying. Didn't want her to leave and all that stuff and things like that. So she thinks she got two churches and carrying on. But thank God for, for all of you, and I want to acknowledge my be the beautifulest woman to me in the room, Lady Regina. All right, thank God. Y'all know I don't never call her first lady, whatever. Y'all do that. Uh, I call her Lady Regina, and she my lady. Somebody say amen. 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 Y'all can call her whatever, but uh, but we don't get into all of those whatevers, right? Amen. But I thank God for her because uh, she definitely is not only my first lady, my only lady. Somebody say amen. Because my wife was smart when we was dating. So my... Baby, you know you're number one, but she's like, well, who number two, though? <laughs> Hello? Don't, don't, be, don't fall for the okie doke. You're my number one. Well, if, you, if there's a number one, there got to be number two or three. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, you want to hear, sister, you the only one. Yeah. 
She's been the only one for 30 years. We'll be married this year 30 years. Amen. So, y'all, we're bigger than where we are. We're more than what you see. And God is getting us there. Is that right? Amen. All right. So, we, we talked about on Sunday that we're going to uh, teach on tonight the Bible way. How to receive the Holy Spirit the Bible way. Okay? And so let's just get some glossary uh, out of the way because there's a lot of confusion, you know. Uh, if we say the Holy Spirit, right, is that the same as the Holy Ghost? Yes. <laughs> right? It's the same as the Comforter. Yes. Right? It's the same as the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? Holy Ghost. And I, I, now, nah, Pastor, I want the Holy Ghost. I don't want that Holy Spirit. Come on. All right? It's like somebody say, well, baby, I'm finna go wash the clothes. Then she come back and say, well, I'm going to do the laundry. I thought you said you was going to wash the clothes. Washing the clothes is the same as doing the laundry. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's, let's debunk a lot of the craziness now. And then when we get into uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? Right, it's the same as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? It's the same as being filled with the Spirit, yes? Right, it's all, all those are interchangeable terms. Did I leave something else out? The Spirit of God falling on you. The anointing coming upon you, right? All of those things, they're interchangeable, okay? So I want to I wanna talk about this tonight because, I was, as I was saying, I was talking to my wife in the back, and I said, you know, there are a lot of just things when, as you have grown in, in, in Christianity and as you, you know, you've worked in ministry, there are a lot of things, there are fundamental things that we take for granted that people just don't know, right? So we're going to teach it, and I like teaching it because we can document it, have it on tape, right? We can put it. In our training, we could put in BBB, basic, the, the building blocks of the believer, all that stuff that we do, okay? And we can have it, and I don't necessarily have to keep reteaching and re-preaching it over and over and over, although, um, you know, I do uh, preach certain things over and over. But we can, you know, somebody seeking it, we can, um, seeking a baptism, um, we can give them the tape, we can give them the teaching, uh, and so forth, okay? So let's get started tonight. The first thing I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a personality. It's the third personality of the Trinity, the Godhead. We believe that there is a Godhead, right? The Bible teaches that there's a Godhead, and we can go back as... as 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 uh, as far as Genesis one twenty eight, that first chapter, it's revealed to us that there's plurality of God, because God says, "Let us make man." So we're gonna do some grammatical, fundamental uh, language stuff tonight. Okay, so if we say "us," is that singular or plural? That is plural. Right. So some people don't, God is one. He is one. There are a lot of people that don't believe in the Trinity or whatever, okay? 
But if God said, let us make man, is that singular or plural? Okay. So then some people, well, he was talking about the angels. Okay, let's just, let's, let's walk that out. Because the angels do help God, right? All right, but he said, let us make man, right? Or create. So anything that creates becomes what? The creator. And we worship the creator, right? So angels were created. Yes? So angels who were created are not going to be called in to help create something else, right? And then beyond that, we're higher than angels. We have authority over angels. That's why we have authority over Lucifer. We have authority over Satan, right? So something less than can't make something greater than. Did we follow that? Did we follow that? That's a good little side note. No one less than you can give you more. Always remember that. No one less than you can promote you. There's always somebody greater than you that has to bless you. Somebody greater than you that has to promote you. That's why we need to understand that H word. What's that H word? Honor and humility. Right. We got to understand how to honor authority and how to be humble under authority because no one less than you can give you more. You ever ran into people, ain't got nothing, tell my son, man, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Now, all you got to do is, well, bro, where your stuff at, right? My car better than yours. But, bro, you just got to come over here to the Holiday Inn, over here on the plaza, bro, down here on the Galleria area, I'm telling you. But what it's about, I can't explain. You got to come hear him tell you about it. Well, bro, if you convince why you can't tell, right, nobody less than you can give you more. That's why that stuff never works. You understand that? So God says, let us make men, right? Who is he talking about? He's talking about the plurality of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. This shows up several times in the scripture. It shows up again in Matthew 28, right? We baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. That is as plain as it gets with the plurality of Godhead showing up, right, at one time. So, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead, okay? And he, he's not an it, he's, he's a person, okay? Here's a, the next thing you got to know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting at verse 16. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And I will pray the Father. This is Jesus talking. I will pray to the Father. This is God the Son praying to God the Father. That he will send you another comforter. Right? That's talking about God the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you forever. Even the, what's that? Spirit, right? Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. I want you to see this. Whom the world cannot receive. Y'all see that? The world cannot receive this gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why not? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. Now, here's the question. 
I want you to put your thinking caps on. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Can the world receive eternal life? Yes or no? Yes. So there's a distinction here. When, 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 when I came up in the Baptist church, you know, and, and Mama Long, I, I hope I may read from her. I wrote a book about my great, my, about my grandmother, their great-grandmother, but my grandmother, Mama Long, she received the Holy Ghost at the age of 50. She was older when she received the Holy Ghost. But she was a Baptist. She was a Baptist. She was the daughter of a Baptist pastor, prominent Baptist pastor. And she would tell the lady, this lady would say, say, one day, Eunice, you're going to come in and tell, tell me you received a baptism of the Holy Ghost. She said, I got all the Holy Ghost I needed when I got saved. That's what Baptist people say. I don't need no more Holy Ghost. I got all the Holy Ghost I needed when I got saved. Now, salvation is for the world, right? It's for the lost. But Jesus distinctly says here that the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is that some people called it the second act of grace. John Wesley calls it the second act of grace. First act of grace being um, salvation, right? But the world, see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? That whosoever receiveth him. So the world can receive Jesus, right? As a gift. But the world can't receive this gift of the Holy Ghost. Do y'all see that? So it's got to be two separate occurrences. Right? And we're going to show that to you in the scripture. All right? So he said, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees them not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth in you, and he shall be in you. This Jesus have got, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted. So when he rose from the dead, he went back to the right hand of God. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. So the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit as the gift, Right, which we're calling the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit of God. Um, this is a subsequent act. I'm going to show it to you several times because a lot of people don't believe that, but we're going to show it to you, okay? Number one, number one, and, and there are people here tonight, I'm going to tell you, your life will drastically change when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, genuinely, and we're going to talk to you about what should occur if you feel like you already have been, because there's a lot of foolishness that goes on in this area, and of course, the devil wants to darken our understanding and makes it, make it ultra mysterious, make it complicated, make it hard. Some people are like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> That's kind of weird. What they be saying? I can imagine some teenagers really could have Man, what they saying? They be deaf, deaf, deaf. What is that? You know, black kids, you know, they just, right? Thoroughly honest. 
So we're going to make it real simple for you tonight. Okay? To receive the gift, the promise of the Holy Ghost. Okay? You must be born again. Now, before we get into how, let's get into the why. What, 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 what is it? What is it? Okay. When you are born again, I want you to understand, when you are born again, you are born into the family of God. You become a new creature, right? You don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to become a new creature. That's why we do the SAT. A lot of people think they're saved, but they're not. Right? Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21. A lot of people think they're saved and they're not. So if a lot of people think they're saved and they're not, could it be possible a lot of people feel like they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and don't have it? Of course. All right? So let's talk about it. Not everyone that said, unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into heaven, to the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Everything that you receive becomes evident at some point. Let's just talk about the natural. Hello? All right. Somebody gives you a brand new Mercedes, right? And you're still catching the bus. Now, it may be a couple of reasons why you're catching the bus. Either you don't have no driver's license, right? You didn't get your tags and all that done. But at some point now, all things being equal, if they gave you a gift, that gift, if it's significant, it's going to show up somewhere, right? Somebody give you, give you a, a brand new house out somewhere, wherever you want to be, downtown, in the suburbs, on the lake, wherever it is. At some point, that's going to cause a significant change, right? Well, the greatest gift ever, right? was eternal life given by Jesus Christ. So a lot of people feel like, you know, I can be saved, I can be born again, I come down, I say, I believe in Jesus Christ, down on the cross of my sins, I confess him as Lord. So I deal with the preacher, say, now nah, I'm saved, I did that, right? But no, he says, but those that do the will of my Father, if I'm born again, I'm going to do some different stuff. Yeah. It's going to show up. Somebody say amen. amen. There, there's going to be some significance in my life, and that's why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, if, everybody say if. Yeah. If any man is in Christ. If is a big word. Hello? If you go to college for four to five years and complete your degree plan, you'll get the degree. Is that a big if? If you go to college, you get a degree? Is that, is that, the, is that how it goes? No. A lot of people go to college. <laughs> they put on their resume, you ask them, they, they, this is the statement, some college. <laughs> what does that mean? I didn't finish college. Right? So if is a big word. If I finish, I get a degree. Right? If I jump in the water, I'm wet. If I'm standing right over here dry, I probably didn't jump in the water. Right? So if any man is in Christ, Y'all guarantee he's going to be a new creature. She's going to be a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So there are a lot of people that are deceived about salvation. They think they're saved, but they're not. 
right? The Bible clearly says that. And you must be born again. Jesus said that over and over and over and over. You must be born again. He said, um, he preached over and over where he went that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, right? For people to accept him, to accept the new reign and rule of the kingdom, to be born again, to be born into the kingdom of God, uh, and all of those things. And of course, Paul, once he uh, Jesus died and was resurrected, uh, basically wrote out the gospel uh, in the 10th chapter of Romans, you know, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you shall be saved. So that's the, that's the first thing. To receive this gift, you got to be born again. Now, when you're born again, let me help you. Because the Baptist people used to say, I got all the Holy Ghost I need. I got the Holy Ghost. Right? And then Pentecostals, ignorant. you ain't got the Holy Ghost. I do got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost when I was born again. Are they right or are they wrong? Wrong? Oh, I can teach you tonight. No, they are right. You cannot be born again without, when you're born again, you receive the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So in Luke chapter 4, it says the spirit of the Lord has come upon me. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. You cannot be saved, receive Christ, and not have the Holy Spirit now. Can I show it to you? I got your attention now. All right, let's go to, um, so when you're born again, you do receive the Holy Spirit, okay? But, there's two parts of it. Go to John chapter 20, verse 22. This is after Jesus had died. He rose from the dead. Do you believe those disciples believed that he rose from the dead? They showed, I mean, once he showed himself to them, right? Did they believe? Thomas believed. He said, blessed are you, you believe because you see, right? Say, blessed are those that believe and have not seen, right? So, he believed now. So they all believed. Yes? What's the prerequisite for salvation? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, they'd already made Jesus Lord. They were his disciples, right? So the only other part was, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Did they believe that? Right. That's when the new birth commenced. Once they saw Jesus raised from the dead, they were immediately born again because they believed. They had to believe it. Remember when Mary and them came running? Mary came running, right? They didn't believe. Jesus told them, I'm going to raise from, rise from the dead three days later, right? But when they saw him, they believed, right? That There's only two parts of salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. At that point, they were born again. Now, let me show you exactly when it happened. Look at uh, John 20, 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, what? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them. Why do people want us to wear masks? Why do you want somebody with COVID to wear masks? Because they might breathe on you. 
And if they breathe on you, you might breathe it in. So the new birth, when you get born again, that's the Holy Spirit in you. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? Now, if you die at that moment, you don't need the Holy Spirit on you. You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you, is for you to do something. Right? For the kingdom. Yes? Even in the Old Testament, you see over and over, the Spirit of the Lord came up on people. I want to make this very clear. So there are two things that happen. He breathed on them and told them, receive you the Holy Ghost, yes? But look at Luke 24, 49. Sounds contradictory. Luke 24, 49, let's see what he says. So Jesus has already breathed on them in Luke 24, 49. And then he said, behold, I send you a promise of my Father upon you that you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be what? Endued with power. This is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now they already had the Holy Spirit in them. But they didn't have the power on them. Those are two different things. And I remember when I got born again. Y'all, and we're not going to downplay the born again experience. That experience alone will change your life. Because you got the Holy Ghost in you. You got the Holy Spirit in you. It will change your life. It will start directing you. You'll start reading the Bible. You'll start praying. You'll start evangelizing. That's before you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You just want to tell people. Now, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not as effective. But you do want to tell people. You want to tell people about God. You want to, I mean, you, you just, your life just turn, it just changes. Like the old stuff you used to do, you don't want to do it no more. You look around, you, know, you, you hit your hand with the hammer, and you say, fudge. And you used to say other stuff. <laughs> right? Your language changes. Your taste bud changes. You try to drink alcohol, and it don't even taste good no more, or it makes you sick. Y'all, that's the born-again experience. Hello? The born-again experience has turned prostitutes into missionaries in one moment. Drug addicts drop their drug in one moment. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so the born-again experience, if any man or woman is in Christ, they are a new creature. All things are passed away. People say you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to live right. No, you don't. No, all you need is salvation. Now, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for service in the kingdom of God. That's, that's what it's for. All right? So, there's two different experiences. He breathed on them, and they breathed in the Holy Spirit after they believed that he had died and rose from the dead. That was the, re, that was the new birth. All right. 
But then he said, don't do nothing. Don't do anything. Now, I want you to understand this. At this point, do people need to know that Jesus rose from the dead? Of course. If they don't believe that and they die, they go to hell. Yeah? Isn't there urgency to get the message out? Yeah. Jesus said, don't, 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 don't preach no message right now. He said, don't preach nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't go lay hands on nothing. Don't do nothing until you get this power. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that is why this second act of great, that's what it's for. The thief on the cross don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost because he get ready to die. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to do anything. Somebody in their deathbed getting ready to die in two minutes, all they need is salvation. Somebody say amen. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be effective in this life. You got it? All right. So number one, you need to be born again. All right? So the new birth is the spirit of God coming in you. Does everybody agree with that now? All right. Now the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the spirit coming upon you. Look at Acts 1 and 8. Let's go there. Jesus said, y'all go to this room. Don't do anything until. Hopefully we can get this fixed. Maybe we can. (laughs) But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. These are the same people that he breathed on and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. But now they're waiting for the Holy Ghost to come up on them. Right? He said, he said, but you shall receive power, power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Power, authority, right? The ability to change things and move things. And y'all, after they get this power, they start doing it. They start tearing it up, <laughs> right? And you shall be witnesses unto me. This is what it's for in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. You're going to go all over the world because now you have this power. Okay, don't go all over the world until you get this power. Because there's witch doctors over there in Africa now. And all you got is a track with some full spiritual laws Talking about the, the power of God ain't for the day you die with the apostles. Hey, devil going to beat your brains out over there now. Come on. Go on over to Haiti with, with all that fundamentalism and secessionism. And only the apostles could do that stuff. Because you need power for that. Somebody say amen. amen. And y'all real talk here in America. You need power now. Because people are bound. Come on, somebody. People are sick. People are afraid. Y'all, the spirit of fear has just gripped people. People are afraid of their own grandchildren. Don't want to even touch them. Come on, somebody. You can't get in a car with them unless you got a mask on. I mean, people are unreasonably afraid. I mean, I understand caution. You know what I'm saying? And if I was that person didn't have Jesus, I, I understand the vaccine and and the mass and stuff, you know, you want to be precautious. But I'm talking unreasonable, just fear. 
won't leave out the house, got to get their groceries delivered to them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, washing their hands incessantly all the time. People are bound right now. And they need people with the power of God. Somebody say amen. amen. So once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, okay, and we're going to talk about, and we hear a lot of people say, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of what? Speaking in tongues, right? All right. Now, I don't necessarily say that, okay? I do say with the evidence of speaking because we've seen different manifestations that happen when people get full of the Holy Ghost, right? We're going to show you a couple of them in the Bible. Uh, there's one passage where it says Paul laid his hands and, and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They spoke with tongues and prophesied, right? Another time it says that they were full of the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God boldly. But something is going to come out of your mouth when you get full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, generally speaking, our experience is that people do speak in tongues. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. What is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose? All right. Now, many people, and I've said it before too, you know, you need the Holy Ghost so you can get your heavenly language. That's a byproduct. And, and we, we kind of make it selfish. You should, you should seek the Holy Ghost so you can have something for you, right? But the Bible clearly says that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you so that you can do something for the kingdom. And that's for other people. You can be witnesses unto me in other areas, right? You can witness to other people. You can be effective, right? So it's not primarily for you to have a prayer language, although that's a byproduct, and we can talk about that. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, y'all, is for you to be empowered to do what God has called you to do. I want you to get that. So we're tying it in with your assignment, your destiny, all right? We talk about having an anointing, right? Okay, that's where the anointing comes from. You don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you're not going to do what God calls you to do. If you're not going to do nothing, if all you're going to do is die, you don't need the baptism of the Spirit. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of Pentecostals, you get into them, they say, well, if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you're not really saved. That's not true. I mean, it's true, but it's not true. Like, I, what they're saying. Because if you're saved, you do have the Holy Ghost. Right? We've established that. You got the Holy Ghost in you, right? And the Spirit of God is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to tell you different things, right? He's going to convict the world of sin, right? You can't even get saved without the Holy Ghost, right? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that convicted the world of sin. It convicted your sin. It convicted you. It, it drew you in to be born again, right? But 
that power that's released when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, and we call that the what? Anointing. You got it? Oh, Gene, I'm not going to finish. Because I really want you to understand. I want you to understand. I don't want you to run down here to get something that you don't understand what we're talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. So let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Let's go over to Luke. Chapter 2. We'll go back to the gifts in a minute, guys. Thank you for staying with me. Luke chapter 2. All right. All right. Mm, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, let's look at three. I'm sorry. And let's go to... 3.16, John answered them, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, whose latchet of the shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, right? So that's where we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? That's where we get that from, with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, he would thoroughly purge his floor, he would gather the wheat into into his garner, and the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Many other things in his exhortation preach he unto the people. All right. So keep going. Verse 21. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened up, and look at this, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily form like a dove. What's the next word? Upon him, upon him, right? And a voice came from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus be himself began to be about 30 years of old as he was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli, right? And he goes into all of these things. But at 30 years old is when he is baptized. With the Holy Ghost. Look at 4 verse 1. Chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus being what? Full. That's what we get in filled with the Holy Ghost. Get, get, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus being what? Full of the Holy Ghost. Returned from Jordan. Being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Right. This is the beginning of his ministry. You can read the book of Maccabees and Taccabees and all the lost books, all them Catholic books, whatever you see in Walmart and, 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 and H-E-B on the rack talking about the childhood miracles of Jesus. Jesus did no childhood miracles because he had no power before the Holy Ghost came upon him. 
There's no childhood miracles in the Gospels. <laughs> he was the son of God. He didn't do no miracles. He wasn't in there changing his own diapers and stuff. Come on. At five and six, pulling his own teeth and, you know, teeth just levitate out his mouth, all that stuff. I mean, man, think of you had miracle power. You know, people made fun. Jesus in the bathtub walking on the water when he was seven. No. He had no power. He had no power, y'all. He had to be anointed. The Spirit of God had to be a, come upon him for him to have power. Because when he came to earth, he emptied himself of his divine attributes. So either he, you know, either he was God that could do everything. And people, this is the cessationist and all these people, they say Jesus did these miracles to prove that he was the son of God. And that's not true. Jesus said, I do this because I'm the son of man. Jesus called himself the son of man. He kept calling himself son of man so that you'll know I'm doing this as a man anointed. He did no miracles before he was anointed or, same word, baptized with the Holy Spirit or full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't need to be, he didn't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost at the age of 18 because he wasn't doing no ministry. He wasn't doing no miracles. He didn't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost just so he could have a prayer language. Which many times highly imitated but can never be duplicated. And those of us with real tongues, we know too. <laughs> Coming in sound like the girl from Color Purple when she finna get the brand. Come out in the name of you got a devil. There ain't no tongues. And you hear all that kind of crazy stuff at church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the African squealing and stuff. Y'all remember that part in the color prayer? Y'all remember? And the music got fast. Y'all remember that? That's what you hear in churches and stuff. Talking about that's tongues. That's not tongues. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's a demon. From Africa, probably. <laughs> you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost so you can be effective and have some power. That's why you need it. That's why Jesus needed it. <laughs> he didn't need it while he was uh, arguing with the scribe. Like, if all he was going to do was argue with the scribe, he don't need no nothing for that. He was killing them without the anointing. At 12. At 12 years old, he was raking them. Without the Holy Ghost. Y'all remember that? Right. And Mary got mad and snatched them up. <laughs> the Bible do indicate like they, they, they chastised them or something. And he ain't do that no more. He ain't do that no more. Like, don't you know you got, I got to be by my father's business? Mary said, don't you know I was snatching nothing? And the Bible said he ain't do that no more. He became obedient. Right? Because, you know, they had lost him for three days. 
So he gets the anointing. And as soon as he gets the anointing and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, chapter 4, verse 1, then he's led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days. After that, after that, after he defeats the devil, then what does he do? Verse 14, he returned in the, whoo, Jesus, of the what? This, so Jesus, he walked out everything that we're supposed to have. So now he returns with the power, which means before then he didn't have no. He didn't. I know that sounds almost sacrilegious. The time when Jesus had no power, he didn't have none. Because if he had power, yeah, you think when he was 18 years old, there weren't no lepers run, walking around? He healed no lepers, but they were there. You don't think he passed by some blind people? Blind Bartimaeus had been sitting there for years. Begging by the wayside. I'm sure he saw him at the age of 20. He had no power to heal him. He had no power. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to have power as a Christian in this life. And right now, with all this demonic stuff, spirit of the Antichrist stuff, all the lies and all the stuff that's going on, man, you better have some power, not only for yourself, for your family, to help your neighbor, to be able to walk into a situation. Come on, somebody. To raise the dead, to lay hands on, cast the devil out your house, cast the devil out of people. Come on, somebody. You got to have some authority and some power. Somebody say amen. So he returned with what? With power. In the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out family him through all the region. Now listen to this, y'all. He hadn't done that yet. But y'all, people know when you got some power. They just do. They, they just do. I've been... I've been on planes and stuff. <laughs> y'all, I, I ain't, ain't going to get into all of this, y'all, but I'm just going to tell you. Y'all, witches know, they know when I walk in now. Because they got demonic power, but they know I got divine power. And they know I'm not just some average Christian that don't have no power. <laughs> I told y'all about the, the thing on the plane, right, with the witch. Right. It, it got crazy. But... I know who I am. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm settling my skin, right? I, I, I know who I am, right? And I know I'm anointed, right? I'm not guessing about that. I know I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm not guessing about that because we got some proof, right? And if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got to have some proof, and it's not either. That's not, that's not going to be the proof now. You got to have some power. Somebody say Amen. All right, so then he walks in, and he delivered the Bible to him. He opens up to Isaiah. This is 418. The Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me, because he have what? Anointed me. I'm anointed now. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I got power. Because I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Does everybody got it? That's it. All right, so the benefits, how does this manifest? 
Y'all, we see seven of the nine gifts operating in Jesus while he was on earth. Which two don't we see? Anybody know? Anybody know? Let's go, let's go there. Go back to, to where we were in 12. There's two we don't see, and there's no need for them. Let's go there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit, okay? See, y'all, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's going to be some manifestation of it, right? And tongues is subjective. It is. If all you got is tongues, you, you need some more proof. Because it could be, it, that you could just be going blah, 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 blah. Or imitating what you heard somebody else do. All the musicians, you know, on the, on the gospel album. He said, ha-ha-ya! They, they all had the same tongue. Just imitating what they heard somebody else. Okay, generally speaking. All right? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man the proper with all. So once you get baptized with the Holy Spirit and this power comes upon you, there's, a, there's some manifestation. One is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. This is not just some wise woman in the church to say, child, if I was you. Okay? That's not what it's talking about. The word of wisdom is how to do something. So when no one knew exactly how to build an art and had never built one before, that was a supernatural word of wisdom. Okay? All right. So the word of wisdom, which is supernaturally how to do something is so complex you wouldn't know how to do it. Uh, to another, the word of knowledge. Y'all seen me operating that a lot, which is, you know, I can tell you something about your life. I've never met you. I don't know you, right? Oh, I didn't know about you, right? The word of knowledge. This is, these are manifestations of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus had word of knowledge all the time, didn't he? He had word of wisdom, didn't he? Huh? Give me an instance. Right? Well, uh, that was a word of knowledge. The, the, yeah, yeah. But then what about this? How, how are we going to pay our taxes? Go down to the... This is how to do it. It's a word of wisdom because he's telling them how. He's giving them instruction. Right? Go down to the lake. Get your fishing pole. Catch a fish. Look into his mouth. There'll be a gold coin. Right? How does Jesus know all of this? That's word of wisdom. That's how to pay the taxes. That's how we're going to supernaturally pay our taxes. There's a fish with a gold coin in it that's going to pay yours and my taxes. Right? But this is what you got to do. Go down to the lake. Right? Hello? When um, Elijah told Naaman, go dip seven times. Right? That wasn't a word of knowledge. That was a word of wisdom. This is how to get your miracle. Go to the Jordan. Dip seven times. 
Hello. <laughs> I'm make Dwayne laugh. Dwayne was, was at home uh, emailing headhunters for jobs. I had a word of wisdom. Dwayne, put on a suit and tie. Go down to the place. Because Dwayne was finished looking for a job by 9 o'clock every morning. I, I did my, fired off all my resumes. No, 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 bro. Here's the word of wisdom. Did you get the job? Yeah, after he went, right? So the word of wisdom tells you how to do something, all right? Word of knowledge tells you, woman at the well, you've had five husbands, and the husband you with now ain't yours. That ain't telling you how. That's telling you what. And I've done that several times. Somebody say amen, because that's a manifestation, right? To another, by the same... <clears throat> There's a gift of faith. It's supernatural faith. That's not your faith. Right? Supernatural faith to do something that's like never been seen before. Right? So, y'all, Jesus was like, I'm going to make this super hard. I'm going to let Lazarus be in there four days, let him stink, let rigor mortis already set in. Right? Y'all, that's some supernatural faith, y'all. That's not human faith. Right? And he believed for him to be raised from the dead. To another, the gift of healing. Right? So that's at the point where I can lay my hands on a blind person. They receive their sight. I can lay my hands on, on a person that's deaf. They can receive their hearing. Right? That's a gift of healing by the same spirit. Another working of miracles. Right? To another prophecy. I'm telling you exactly what's getting ready to happen before it happens. Right? And to another, discerning of spirits. Now, discernment is not, I got, I got the gift of discernment, right? Discernment is not a gift, though. It's not a gift. Discernment can fall under wisdom, just natural wisdom, or spiritual wisdom, whatever, right? You know, but the true title of this is discernment of spirits. What does that mean? I can see into I can smell into the spirit world. One time we was casting out devil not too long ago. Here. And boy, it smelled like sulfur to me. But then the people right next to the person, they didn't smell nothing. No. Discernment of spirits. You'll see things leave people's bodies. All right? Monkey-like creatures. I've seen that. Demons. Yeah? What they were doing. She kept having miscarriages. Lord, let me see. I had discernment spirit. I saw into the spirit realm. The little monkey. It was a little demon. Kept stealing her egg. We took authority over that. Amen. She got two babies, you know, right? Two children. Had 11 miscarriages and so forth. But I saw into the spirit realm. Right? That's discernment of spirit. Some people always see devils. They'll be me. Some people, all they see is angels. They'll be my wife. <laughs> but it's, it's both ways. It's still discernment of spirit. If you see an angel, that's a discernment into the spirit realm, right? And that comes from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anybody want the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Right. To another, diverse types of tongues. To another, interpretations of tongues. Which two didn't Jesus... Tons and interpretation. 
Because tongues and interpretation, tongues with interpretation equals what? Prophecy. The Bible says that. Uh, Paul taught that in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Right? So tongues with interpretation, we're talking about public tongues, right? Tongues with interpretation is prophecy. So Jesus was perfect in prophecy. He didn't need tongues and interpretation. Okay? So he, he, when he was full of the Holy Spirit, how did he do miracles? He had the gift of miracles. He had the gift of faith. He had the gift of healing. He had words of knowledge. The Bible says he perceived what they were thinking. Right? He could see their thoughts. Not because he was God, because he, he was an anointed man. And sometimes as a pastor, I can see thoughts too while I'm preaching. <laughs> you can see, you can hear conversations that people are having internally. Right? Jesus, he operated in every last one of the, the, the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, which comes from the anointed, uh, every, everyone except for tongues and interpretation of tongues, which you didn't need, because those two together equal prophecy. Somebody say amen. All right. Anybody want the power now? Anybody say it's essential that I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Okay. Now, let's look at uh, Acts chapter... 8, verse 5. Oh, Gina. You missed me up. <laughs> eight, chapter, chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. So they're not saved. There's no sense of trying to get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost that aren't, they're not saved. Right? So we preach Christ to them. They need Christ. Right? They need Christ. You need the anointing. See, if you was anointed, they're not anointed because they're not saved. Let's get them saved. All right? All right. Let's go to verse 12. But when they believed, Philip preaching these things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. All right. So, Philip preaches, they believe what he preached, right? And then how we got saved? We heard the word of God, we heard the gospel, we believed it, right? We believed the things concerning the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, and I, I believe almost everybody in here to say got baptized. Some of y'all got baptized more than once, right? Okay, we got baptized, both men and women, all right? Y'all still following me? Now let's go to 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. All right. So now here comes the second wave. Here comes the second experience. They already received the gospel. They already got born again, right? They received the word of God, they got born again, and they were baptized. Here comes Peter and John with their part. All right? So let's look at 15. Keep going. Who, when they would come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, now, now we see it's two distinct 
occurrences. Philip preached. They heard the word of God. They believed on Jesus Christ. They got born again. And they got baptized by water. But when Peter, when Peter and John came down, right, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So come on, Baptist people, if all the Holy Ghost you needed, you got a salvation, then the Samaritans should have got it when they got saved. But there was something else. Right? Who when they would come down and pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Next one. For as it yet he was falling upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Y'all see this? And y'all, this is where so many Christians stop. And it's okay. If that's, you know, if that's what you want. If you want to stop right there, you can stop right there. Right? It's the no frills model of Christianity. Roll up windows, you know, AM radio, no frills, no sunroof, no leather seats, no electric windows. You just got a car. What brand of car you got? No, it just say car on the back. That's all you got. Will it run? Will it get you point A to point B? Will it get you from earth to heaven? I believe it will. I believe it will. You got the no frills package though. You have nothing else. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the Holy Ghost will not fall upon them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next one. Then laid their hands on them, and then they received the Holy Ghost. This is how it happens, y'all. This is the Bible way to receive the Holy Ghost, okay? All right. So number one, what did they do? They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, right? And then... POC, what does that stand for? Point of contact. We talked about that. We did a whole lesson on that, right? Point of contact. Do you want the Holy Ghost? Yes. You ever see the Holy Ghost? Yes. Okay. So what I do? What's going to happen, right? So the laying on the hands is the point of contact. Now let me explain this. Some men of God, women of God, have the ministry of and the endowment of laying their hands on people and they receive the Holy Ghost. That's their ministry. It's a supernatural endowment like Peter and John. Okay? I, I have laid my hands on people and they receive the Holy Ghost. The power came so hard, I, I fell, almost fell, they fell. I think there's been a couple people in this room like that. Uh, I think Tamisi was one of them. There's been a few people that I've experienced that with, right? Lauren, Pastor Rogers' daughter, 
uh, Deja there at KCC, there, there have been a few people. I lay hands on them. The power came. Immediately it was supernatural. It was something from heaven, right? Now, can you still lay hands on people that they receive the Holy Ghost? Yes. You can do it by faith. Right? And you tell the people, when I lay my hands on you, get ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Are you ready to receive? Yeah. When I lay my hands on you, are you going to receive? Yes. That's the point of contact. We do the same thing in salvation, right? Now, y'all, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a mess some of y'all up when I say this, but you, a person doesn't really need to pray to send a prayer to be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you shall be saved. But as a point of contact, minister, you know, we, okay, are you ready to receive? Yes. Okay. When are you going to receive? Well, I believe I, I confess. Like, when? No, let's do it now. Okay, come on. Repeat this after me. We're going to pray. And you're going to be born again, right? So it's that moment of this is the point of contact. I'm getting ready to lead you in this prayer. If you don't understand something, stop me. But pray this from your heart. And if you do, you'll be born again, right? It's the same thing with receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, y'all, you know, the Pentecostal people, they, they had told people, I don't know when this actually started. It started a long time ago. That you had to tarry, tarry, wait for it, seek, seek, seek for it, right? Okay. Where did they get that from? Where they got it from, that same scripture, Luke 24, 49, when he said, I will send the promise of the Father upon you, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Now, they took the tarrying, right? But if we're going to tarry, we got to tarry in Jerusalem because that's what he told us. Is that true? If we, if we got to tarry, he said, he didn't say just tarry. He said tarry in Jerusalem, right? He told them where to tarry. So if we're going to tarry, we ain't tearing on the front bench of some cozy church. We got to go get on a boat, a plane, go to Jerusalem and tarry. Well, y'all, what are we turning for? The Holy Spirit has already come. It came on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Spirit came. That was it. Right? Do we need to wait for Jesus to come down the cross? Generations, they did. But he came. Right? So we don't have to wait for salvation anymore. Right? So we don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost. Okay, we can receive it by faith. Do y'all see that? Ah, if y'all give me five more minutes, I'll be done. Can I <laughs> take your time? Y'all be live. <laughs> All right, y'all gonna still give offering, right? All right, give me nothing. You kept this all no. <laughs> Listen to this. This is from Ken Higgins, but. God has already done all he's ever going to do about providing this plan of salvation, right? We agree to that. He said Jesus. Now it's up to us to receive Jesus, right? Okay, salvation belongs to every man who dies and goes to hell. The men that die and go to hell, they could have salvation, right? Because Jesus died for the ungodly. The man in hell either rejected salvation, if he heard of it, or 
said that he didn't know about it. Either which way it belonged to him, God already has done all he's ever going to do about providing healing for us. God laid our sicknesses and diseases on Jesus, and Jesus bore them. In the mind of God, we are already healed. It's up to us to receive healing. Healing belongs to us, right? Okay, what about the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost has already come if we're a Christian. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call it, it belongs to us, right? It's up to us. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. So he went to Ephesus where he wrote the letter to the Ephesians, right? And he found people that were Christians. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as either heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Go to verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake in tongues and prophesied. Okay? Now I'm going to tell you, those of y'all who come down and maybe you haven't received yet, whatever. Okay, here's the problem you're having. The Holy Spirit, I mean, just like receiving salvation, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted your heart, but you had to yield to that conviction, right? Whether you walked down the aisle, whether you got on your knees, whether you cried out to God, after you heard the gospel, you had to yield to that, right? Is that true? Right. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, y'all, you got to yield to him. Some of y'all are so carnal, you're not used to yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's a yielding. It's an acquiescing. It's a receiving. It's not something like this. It's not like I'm trying to do. You're not trying to do nothing. You're letting the Holy Spirit, right? You're receiving the Holy Spirit. You get it? And the reason many people never receive the baptism, even though they seek, 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 and come down, people lay hands on them, because they don't yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to overtake you. So in the Baptist church, we learn that the Holy Ghost will make people shout, turn over chairs, stomp on people's corns, mess up people's hats, raise their dress all up. And if they was fine, the deacons, Deacon Jones, they, they always wanted to pick her up and take her up. Clearing the choir stand. That's the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost ain't going to make you step on my shoes. Come on, somebody. Holy Ghost don't make you do nothing. That's a demon. A lot of them people needed deliverance. And they were manifesting in the Baptist church. We said, oh, she got happy. No, she need the devil cast out of her. And then some of them had that loosey, goosey demon, you know, that lustful demon. They'd only shout with the short skirts. We knew people like this, yes. Yeah. And want to be carried out by the men's. Because only the men's could carry her out. <laughs> the deacons that were smoking cigarettes outside, when she started shouting, they, mm, oh, 
<laughs> All that carnality. Just carnal. All that carnality, right? Okay, that's, that's not. So people come down and receive the Holy Ghost and say, well, if I, the Holy Ghost is going to make me speak in tongues. Holy Ghost don't make nothing. He don't make nobody do anything. You got to yield to him. Somebody say amen. amen. You got to, it's a yielding. I mean, and it's just like, you know, if, if, if I get a word of knowledge or something, like if I don't yield to that, if I don't obey that, he's not going to make, just stop me in a minute. Oh, I can't, I can't stop saying this. Yes, I can. I can not say it. Hello? Because I got to, you know what I'm saying? But now, in seances where people are channeling spirits, those spirits come in them on them. We saw ghosts and all those movies where they take over the person. See, devils take over and make and drive, right? Where you can't control, right? But God never does that. The Bible says as many as are led. Not as many as are made by the Spirit. Spirit may be, Spirit ain't made you do nothing. And will never make you do anything. Come on, somebody. He's going to nudge you. He's going to lead you. But he's not going to make you. The Spirit of God is a gentleman. Come on, somebody. It's up to you to respond. Is that true? So you must yield. Some people say, you know, because it, it can be weird or with experience or unusual. I don't like saying weird or the Holy Ghost, but unusual. And they say, well, I, I just don't want to be in the flesh. Yeah? You ever heard that? Some of y'all probably thought that. I don't want to be up there and be in the flesh. You know, I don't play with God, right? Okay? I'm going to give you a revelation. going to help you. The Bible says over in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass, said the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon what? Flesh. Yeah, it's going to come on your flesh. That's where you're going to pour it out on. Is your flesh? Your spirit don't need the Holy Spirit to be poured on. Your spirit is perfect. It's your flesh that needs the spirit upon it. Somebody say amen. So the same hands I got, they became anointed hands when I get that manifestation, right? And people can get healed. But I'm still laying my fleshly hands on somebody. I start, so listen, get this concept in your mind. You may start in the flesh, but you'll end in the spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. That's, how, that's how you stir it up. Yeah. So you, you'll start in the flesh. And when you speak, you're going to be speaking in the flesh. Hello? <laughs> you may start in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. So look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. So it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them others. Now, here's another English grammatical lesson. Okay, That's called a compound sentence. They took two sentences and made it one. But if we divide that sentence out and make it two sentences, what does it say? What? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Period. And then what? They begin to speak with other tongues, right? 
That's the two sentences. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues. Because it says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Who began to speak? They did. Did the Holy Ghost speak? No. They spoke. They spoke. What was the Holy Spirit doing? Giving them utterance. Right? Come here. So I'm gonna, I'm, she's going to speak, and I'm going to give her utterance. All right? Who, who doing the speaking? She is. Who giving the utterance? I am. And so many people, thank you, baby, so many people want the Holy Ghost to do the speaking. Well, if I got it, then the Holy Ghost is going to make me do it. Holy Ghost not going to make you do nothing. You got to yield to the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Y'all, you could be sitting in the service and God say, I want that man in the wheelchair to get up. I want you to go lay hands on him. No. God's not going to make you do nothing. And I've been in them services where I got I said, God, not tonight. And I got up and walked out. I'm not, no, I'm not going to be embarrassed tonight. I'm not doing it. Does God chastise you for that stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he lets you know. Hello? And if it's somebody else in the room that'll be obedient, they'll go do what he told you to do. But he don't make nobody do nothing. You got to do the speaking. You got to do the prophesying. You got to do the laying on the hands. Hello? And a lot of times if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. I passed by, people passed out on the concrete. I remember I worked at Vincent Elvis. I was passing by, the person was laid out on the concrete. I think they was coding. And God said, you go over there, lay your hands on them. They're going to get up. I don't even know the person. He got ambulance, and, you know, all these people around him. I said, God, this is when he began, first began to really deal with me in the gifts. I said, God, I, shoot, nah, God. Yeah, yeah, you go. And I went over and Looking around, acting like whatever. <laughs> hey, how's, what's going on, officers? All right. Hey, in the name of Jesus. I walked up. Next thing I heard, ding, 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 ding. She came back. But I could have walked away. The spirit made me do it. No, he didn't. He gave me what to do. I had to do it. All right. This is how you receive. The Holy Spirit, okay? You have to cooperate. You have to cooperate. And some of y'all, so, you're so strong, you're resistant. That's why you'll never be filled with the Holy Spirit until you can learn the action of yielding. But some of y'all don't yield to nothing. You don't yield to authority. You, I mean, you, you know, you just... So you're not going, you're not going, you're not going to, because it's kingdom stuff. It's, it's, you, it's the kingdom, y'all. It's, it's the way of the kingdom. Come on, somebody. 
And then when the Holy Spirit really start moving, and, 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 and see, y'all, here's the other thing. There are other people with the Holy Ghost. So they can confirm or disaffirm what's happening. And so many times, you know, my wife is be sitting there. She's written something down. I said something like that. She said, look, look right here. What you said, the Lord, I already wrote it down. That's confirmation. You get in the room with Pastor Gould and Lady, Lady Gould and, and Pastor Rogers and all that stuff. Some of y'all saw that when we was at the faith conference, right? He called it the, the, the superheroes operating at one time. Iron Man and the Hulk and everybody. And everybody confirming the other person's move. That's how God did. But if you sit there and resist it, you don't get to participate. God will use somebody else. Somebody say amen. amen. So you got to yield to the spirit, right? So here it is. I'm going to get it all in, Gina. Here it is. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Number one, number one, you must see that God has already gave the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. There's no sense in seeking. The Holy Spirit has been in the world ever since. And you must understand it's up to you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg God to do it. God wants to do it. All begging is unbelief. Unbelief begs. Faith shouts because it already has it. Somebody say amen. amen. Secondly, the person has to see, if you want to see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that anyone who is saved, born again, is ready to receive the Holy Spirit. All right? Peter said in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There it is again. Two different uh, acts, right? Number three, it is scriptural to expect to receive the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on you. Now, sometimes that supernatural uh, gift will come upon people. But sometimes you can just have hands laid on you in faith. Believe that when the pastor lays his hands on you or when first lady lays her hand or whoever, that I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? All right. Number four, you got to expect it. You got to expect that God, when if you pray for it and, and, you, and, and someone lays hands on you, that you will receive the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. All right? Remember, the Holy Spirit is not going to supernaturally move on your vocal cords and make you speak or your lips, right? He will move on you, right? He will, he will supernaturally move on you, right? And you'll feel an impression too. I've heard people say it like this. I think my wife, when she receives explaining like this, she felt like some words were swimming around in there. And unintelligible. It sounded it was crazy. Right? You may get one word, you may get a sentence, you may get whatever. But when the Holy Spirit is coming upon you and y'all like like um, just really ruminators and like thinking too hard people, is is gonna it's gonna miss them. Because they, is that me? Is that, just like, don't, don't worry about that. We yielding, right? Right? So I'm yielding to whatever the Lord is saying. Right? 
So when I'm up here, because I know me and I'm a strong personality, I know my own thoughts. So if I get up here and be saying, I forget what I called out one time. Uh, it was somebody at home. It might have been you. It was something that I was calling out, which was very odd for me to call out. And it kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming, you know. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to yield to that, right? I cannot call it out. I think one time I called out heart something. And it was three people came up. I said, no, it's another person. They never came up. Me in private. That was, yeah, that was, yeah. Well, that person in you. Somebody say amen. But it don't matter. Like, you got to yield to that and you got to expect it, right? So when it, 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 it will, the Holy Spirit will supernaturally come upon you, but it won't make you do anything, right? And you've got to begin to speak, right? All right. Number five, you got to throw away all fears from all foolish teaching that, that you might receive something false. Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, if a son should ask bread of any of you that is his father, will you give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent? If he should ask for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil, right, being natural, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them to ask? All right? And number six, encourage the person to open their mouth wide. This can be an act of faith. Breathe in and tell God, I am receiving the Holy Spirit right now by that's how you receive the Holy Spirit. But my motive is not to impress people with my prayer language or whatever, get up and, you know, sound like the girl from the color purple. No, my motive is I'm empowered to do my ministry. I'm empowered to do my assignment. I'm empowered as I go along the way. If somebody needs to be raised from the dead, I got the power to do it. If somebody needs to be healed, I got the power to do it. If somebody needs the devil cast out of them, I got the power to do it, right? It's that anointing, okay, that comes upon you, right? And that's what we're talking about. Was this good for anybody? Yeah. Did this explain some things? Yeah. Come on, if, if this was a good word, why don't you give God some praise right now? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah.